Hello and welcome to the official podcast of Palate Exposure, featuring Ilona Thompson, a podcast for those seeking the ultimate in wine, food, and travel. Each week, she interviews winemakers, chefs, celebrities, and a variety of guests that shape the way we enjoy life. Do you think the educational institutions, you know, such as CIA and others, um, do you think they are doing adequate job teaching the young chefs about the organizational skills and other types of business acumen? I think so. I think uh, in terms of uh, teaching the skill and then uh, whatever it takes for it to be a, a good cook, Yes, much probably they have much more tools at their disposition than the school that I went at. Even though it was one of the the, the better one in France, I think in terms of uh, teachers and 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 then just side of the school and in the equipment alone, there is more. Uh, there's a lot more there. Mm-hmm. Now, CIA, you know, p- provide one of the, the greatest teaching uh, tool, but it doesn't make chef. Mm. So that's where the difference lies. Like in Europe, in in uh, in, uh, in France, when I went to, to culinary school, and I had friends of mine that didn't make it, if they felt like uh, it was in for the wrong reason, you know, it was a, you know it was obviously a, a government uh, supported school. Yeah. So you have to be in it for the reason. If if, if you felt like your 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 grade were slacking because you are not into that, or you just you didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as you pay the tuition and you go to the end. Yeah. And and so how many people you know even in France back then I remember uh, they were saying that only forty percent maybe of the people that would graduate would remain in that field. Wow. So that's it. I think it's probably uh, lower in, in in the state, in in America. Mm-hmm. So it's a great school, but it would it has everything to, that can be taught. Uh, now it's just I you know do you want you know it doesn't it won't make you the the chef that you need to be to, to use that. What does a chef make? What is your definition of a chef? A definition of a chef, so it starts with the fact that, that someone that must be uh, obviously lo- loving the product, obviously, um, and uh, loving to, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the the idea of, of, of pleasing people, because that's kind of what we are, we fall into the hospitality uh, business, as I, you know, I ex- always explain. Uh, it's not about the, uh, the chef's ego, even though very often you find that coming into the way. Our job <coughs> uh, is to, be, to, to provide a good time. We're in the hospitality business, that's all we do. We don't, we don't sing, we don't, we, don't, uh, you know, we don't dance, all we do is, is provide, and people decide, you know, unless you're on a different side of the restaurant business, but the restaurant, the, the, the side that we're in, people choose to come here. Mm-hmm. They choose to have, we, we're only going to give them, we're going to provide them with a good time through the service, the wine, mm-hmm. and the food, that's all. So you have to be in to, to make someone happy. And whenever you do a plate, or whenever you pe- uh, place a piece of bread on, on a plate, it has to do like, you know, I always tell them, you, you, you have to do it like you, you, you would do it for your mother. Like you have to put your heart into it. It's powerful words. So, in a way what you're saying is that there's a transference of your intent to the actual physical product. Would you agree with that? Yes. And you have to want to make it, you know, that you have to be, you really got to be in it for, for that. Like you have to want to please. 
and um, and that's you know part of, of respecting the pro the product is, is there too like you have to you could see you, you, I, you I could see now uh, I can judge a chef on the way they'll, 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 uh, they'll handle uh, they'll season a piece of fish I'll, I'll judge them in the way that they flip a piece of fish I'll judge them in the way they, they put a plate in the window details matter huh? it's not detail it's 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 it's, it's vibe if the guy the chef uh, just put something with his two hands and delicately and look at you in the eyes they said okay I've, this is what I've done and some of them just <coughs> that is not the same chef the same thing same job they happen but the, the level of careness of of your job shows right there hmm. you, you could see if, if the guy is hunched down like and try to flip a piece of meat all that energy careness goes right through and if the guy is like that and flip it it's not the same guy it's not the same cook Wow. They'll do a job, but I, there's one. There's one of them that I can take someplace. There's one that will stay there. I can tell you that. You can see the same when someone tosses a salad. That's just you can see if the guy uses tongue to do that. Forget it. He's not a cook. He's a, he's a daily cook. Maybe he's, he's wise enough to to have wing it there, but he doesn't have a log. So um, that's some powerful stuff that you're yeah. describing. The physicality your relationship with what you do yeah it's, it's, it's very personal and you're observing a person that's handling things in a way that's more intimate that's more direct contact that cares that tells you a story about him or her definitely and it tells you like if, he, if that person he or she has it or not mm -hmm. and that's not education because i've had you know, I have a lot of uh, self-taught individual that uh, can cook and test a lot more than, than people that went to school in high school. Hmm. So that's something like school can teach that. Hmm. Uh, you see, like, you know, you, you judge, a uh, if, if you ask a chef, you know, so sometimes you know, we provide the recipes because we have to, to help the consistency, to, you know, that's my job, to break it down. Everything is dated, so if we need, if one day we feel like you know our test pod has changed a little bit, you can adjust. So that's the rigorous part of, of our job. But the ultimate test is a spoon. So if the guy, the, the chef, does the recipe and doesn't don't test, doesn't test it, when I ask, did you test it? Oh, no, not yet. I mean, what are you doing? Like you have to test it five times before you even bring it to the end. That's you cannot not do, you can like for me, it's just like all right. So it it it, it tells me where that chef stands. Yeah. So you know, it's the same way you have to test, you test, you test your boiling water before you, you blanch something. That's where you start testing and all the way until the end. That kind of mindfulness, is it common in your business? The, probably the better chef, yeah. The, the, the people that, you know, that, uh, that, that cares about uh, uh, their job, yeah, it's not, you know, to a certain degree. Yeah. And people have their pet peeve also, they, they think that they, they are more, but I would think, um, De def definitely, like uh, if, if the, 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 the restaurant that are very serious, yes, there's no doubt, it's there. Yeah. In the better, the, the better place, I think. Does it present a challenge for you in terms of staffing? Of course, we have. That's one thing that we have. Uh, we're always, um, unfortunately, always looking for staff. I mean, yes and no. We, I think we have a good environment, a good environment in all of our restaurants that 
people are staying, but there's always you know one or two missing, and it's such a teamwork and synchronized mm -hmm. that one element, like if you have a team of four uh, chefs, if there's one that trails, it takes everyone down. Yeah. So it's, it seems that there's always one that uh, we, we need to change, it, it feels. So the core is there. Um, the core is there because, we f you know, but you didn't, you know, you go through the, the uh, through a process. You don't, you know, if, if it is very rarely will you uh, open a place or start up, up and then uh, the same team will be there. Uh, mm -hmm. At least a culinary team. Because you have to, you, know, you, you have to find uh, the right osmosis between the chef, the product. You know, some chefs are better at cooking other things. And some are less rigorous or some are just, some of some chefs think it's crazy what we're trying to do. And then they, they just, they rather the easy, you know, uh, easy cooking. You have some standards that need to be respected. Yes, and then uh, of course, of course, and then, uh, but it's it's a process. But yes, we're always uh, evolving, evolving, and then uh, changing. That's one thing. Like you, you can, that's another thing that you cannot do today what you are doing tomorrow. You you can't. You have to always uh, not necessarily reinvent yourself, but try to. Uh, see not what's next but how to better yourself yeah and sometimes it means you know researching something because i believe that's more of a life philosophy that it's not there's no plateau it's either mm -hmm. you're always pushing up mm -hmm. or going down the plateau doesn't really stay too long so it's either you you know you challenge yourself it and it doesn't have to be uh, um, everything every day that, yeah. that doesn't work but thing that you've done, like you know, can we do it better this time? You know, so you always have to um, revisit things, even from the past. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming you, you get a chance to dine at restaurants yourself in incognito without people recognizing you. Is that the case or no? Yes, it is, but not as much as I want because I'm busy. Um, yeah, yes. Um, when you experience this dining. Can you immediately tell what's going on in the back of the house? Can you tell if there's a level of care that's applied to your dishes or not? Yes, pretty much. I mean, uh, yes, definitely. How do you judge that? Uh, the, first of all, I think the, a serious restaurant will start with the front of the house. Mm -hmm. if, uh, if, they, if the front of the house know their product inside and out, they know what the chef is trying to do, then you can tell that there is a real philosophy. And the real philosophy has, has been carried out to the front of the dining room. Because any wise chef should know that in the chef, we're in the back of the kitchen, we're not in the front. And sometimes chefs, I, I speak for myself, I don't necessarily like to speak to people, that's why I just I like to be in the back and do, do what I have to do. Then, you know, and I think, but this, knowing that, you have to realize that the person that's going to speak about your concept or the, the, the food is the waiter. So they need to know, they need to know. Um, I always tell them, like they, when they describe something, it almost has to feel like they just had to make the dish. Like it has to come to you, it's just almost like, oh, I'm sorry, I still have a little bit here. That, oh, close. <laughs> when, when they do that, you're, you're in it, the guest, you know, the guest, there's a lot of tricks in the food, you know, not tricks. There's a lot of layers, there's a lot of nuance, there's a lot of, there's an idea that the chef has tried to do. 
or at least in, in a better restaurant. So, mm -hmm. and it's like tasting wine also, you could probably relate with that. It's just like if you're told what to look for or pay attention, therefore you need a good waiter, then you're gonna get it. You say, oh yeah, that goes well with that. If I know I'm not telling you, and because you're not aware, your, your brain is not, is not ready to, uh, to is not looking out for that. Mm -hmm. you, you may go right through without, uh, it's still gonna taste good, but you will, you will skip a bit. I mean, I like wine. I'm not a wine sommelier by all means, but if you have a glass of wine and then someone direct me as of what to look for or, or mm -hmm. what, with those sophisticated uh, wine uh, name, you know, terminology, then, then you have more chance to, uh, to identify that, yeah. uh, that thing. So you're making a case for active listening. Yes, I mean, you have to put and And at the end of the day, what does it do? It made the guests uh, give them a better experience. Mm -hmm. And it's not about education. Sometimes people, people think we're going to educate the guests. No, no, they, they, if, if you want to be educated, you go to school. You don't come to the restaurant. This is not our job. But it's our, our job to, to, to give enough information so what, what we thought, sometimes it sometimes doesn't work, made the dish gets to the guest. Whether you like it or not, sometimes, you know, that doesn't mean it's always, uh, but that's very important. So I forgot what was the first question, but. No, I, um, I asked you as a consumer, basically, even though, oh, yes. you, you know, you always have your professional hat on. I, I think it's impossible to divorce yourself from that. But as a consumer, when you're in front of, let's just say a progressive meal, what do you look for and how do you identify what goes on in the kitchen and who has that level of commitment that you mm. described earlier? So there's, you know, so that would be definitely that. Would, if, if you have that, it tells you that you, you do have a, you have a serious culinary team behind a serious chef. If that gets translated into the dining hall, yeah. so that's a, that's a, you know, when that happens, very often you will, uh, you, you have a lot, a lot of chances to have a good meal. Uh, then after, you know, presentation matter, the salt, sometimes, you know, that you could go to, uh, uh, that's once again, it goes back to testing and the fact that the chef, if, if things are not seasoned, seasoning is a bit the basic of, of cooking. Yeah. You take the salt away or too much. So that would be the, the first thing. And if, if, if you have something that's usually under season, this more often you, you get things under than, than over. Um, then it's a very strong indicator of, of who's there, mm -hmm. or at least that every, every dish has not been uh, checked. So there's certain touchstones that exist in mm -hmm. order to judge the true quality, mm -hmm. you know, and not just how elevated the food is, but just the basic foundational stuff. Oh yes, I mean, because exactly, because you know, the, the, the love doesn't have, doesn't have to always mean three star and then it's super complicated. Yeah. The, I said the respect of the food. They start. It start in a in a moment pop places. Yeah. This is not. This is not three star related. And then um, and very often, you know, sometimes the the, the very high end restaurant. They may also sometimes by being so sophisticated take away to what really the restaurant yes, is. Yeah. It's a little bit too sophisticated. Yeah. Uh, we've had that experience sometimes where it just takes away from what. Uh, you know, going to a restaurant means. So, for an average consumer, especially in the fine dining space, it can be intimidating. 
they don't really know what they don't know. They don't know what to look for. If you were to give advice to the diners that wish to experience something special, is there anything they should be on the lookout for? What, what can they practically use? That's a good question. I think we would start to... Uh, not to be intimidated. I think if you have to probably... You know, it goes back to uh, having uh, a good waiter that would demystify uh, the place. You mm -hmm. know, because sometimes it's, uh, you know, the wording on the menu the could be... Uh, even here, maybe some people, you know, think uh, artisan because we're associated with the Delamite. It's obviously it's a big thing. Uh, physical presence on the corner and they think it's too imposing and, and, and bigger than, than it is and so we have to uh, actually uh, carry the message out that no we are uh, you know very approachable mm -hmm. uh, but that's the you know that's the front of the house that would have to do that or it to, to whatever you know media that you use mm -hmm. uh, I mean that's what uh, that's basically what that is. I mean there's no other that I think of. There's no other way that to to take that out. Uh, but uh, it's a good positive, inclusive attitude is really important. You know. Yeah, of course. Having I mean, the guests informed. I think yeah because you know when you're informed, you feel a little bit more secure because you mm -hmm. can you can make your own decision. You you kind of understand. Uh, so it, it kind of it's, it's a very important role in front of the house mm -hmm. to um, to help a guest navigate through uh, what is that you're offering. Mm -hmm. uh, no, absolutely. So you mentioned wine a few moments ago. So tell us about your relationship with wine. You know, hailing from France, it's an automatic automated assumption that you know a lot, you've been surrounded by the essence job. I, no, I don't know a lot. I love it a lot. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably arguably more important. And um, no, I think wine is, I mean, it's very much, uh, it's very much part of um, definitely the, the French uh, way of life. Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit lesser and lesser these days because We've all learned that too much is not so, is not always good, mm -hmm. uh, but we've had uh, you know lunch and dinner with with experience. Or I at least I grew up when I was of age, uh, exposed to a little bit of wine. I think the wine is uh, very per perplex. I mean, this it goes from from as clear as uh, you know as crystal to complex and and, and, and smoky and then, uh, and spicy. So it's just. Uh, you have there's a season. In, in, I think in Europe we 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 associate certain wine with the season a little bit more than than in the state where mm -hmm. you see like you know I I mean I haven't been in France in a while but I think when uh, September comes like there's no more rosé you may be able to find it but it's, if we have you know this season I think we have uh, obviously we we have our seafood you know the the, the, the seafood, the, uh, obviously with the cream sauce, you think of white burgundy, raw oyster, you have mm -hmm. your Sauvignon, your, the Sancerre, like we've, we've had uh, some... Uh, Sounds like a lot of context. Yes, and you associate, you know, it's, it's uh, well, I mean wine is, um, wine and food is, they are both equally complex and um, they'll, uh, they'll go along and in some cases they'll uh, 
they can fight, as you well know. Like you know, so we just you have to. That's what that makes it even more complicated, but also even more interesting. Absolutely. Are you involved in wine selections for the restaurants? The tasting part of it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I have enough in my uh, just wine selection. I do. I do. When I taste a good wine, uh, some place I would definitely uh, mention that to the to the sommelier or the, mm -hmm. the, the person in charge of the wine program. Mm -hmm. um, but they have, no, they have, that's their job to do. And, uh, but I do, uh, yeah, I do like job. I think it's very important. And then uh, obviously more and more uh, people are into, uh, into wine. Speaking of uh, demystifying something, that's it probably even more, uh, a bigger task than the restaurant itself. Because for uh, the average, or maybe it's just the average, you know, yeah. the average customer, it's, it's, it's a wall. Like when you open a, a wine book that has like 12 pages, you don't even know where to, where to start. Yeah. And I think that's very important to, um, to, um, to help the guests. And it's also very important to show that they are. And I think nowadays, uh, more modern sommeliers are smarter. And they will also suggest, uh, you know, people will always refer to what they know of big names because that's what, you know, that's what marketing does. It's just, it's, it's in your brain. And they are uh, sometimes, uh, often, substitutes that are a little bit more intriguing, definitely not more expensive, you know. And uh, so a smart uh, sommelier would, would introduce that. Mm -hmm. And you see a lot more and people have discovered, uh, you know, s smaller production or that, 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 uh, that are actually uh, equally good and sometimes very often uh, a bit more affordable in a way that it's not uh, a huge uh, production. It's important to experiment and venture outside the comfort zone and maybe nudge people in that direction. Yes, you need to advise them. Once again, it goes back to, and then truly advise them, meaning it's like trying to see what that person is, is about what that person is eating, you know, mm -hmm. that was an on and on. Um, and you make a friend, you know, we are in the business of making friends. So some people may come back because of the, the maitre d' did a very good job. Some of them may come back because the, the sommelier recommended something that's great. Then, and then uh, obviously the food must be good along the way. That's not even a, a if, because yeah. if not, you don't come back at all. So, yeah. Do you have any favorite wine regions personally? What do you like to drink? Uh, yes, I actually like Chateau Neuf du Pape. I like the, the, the Beaujolais, the, the wine. Um, more, more than Bordeaux, uh, Pinot Noir are great, but I do I, I like the the, the Southern uh, Rwanda blend because mm -hmm. I do like the the, the spice. Uh, so uh, an American, you know, American blend also, but more you know, I'm, I'm in between. Like you know, Pinot Noir is okay. Uh, great cabin. I don't mind Zinfandel. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, some aged in Fandel can be, uh, but that's kind of like my uh, go-to thing. Chateau Neuf du Pape, I love. So that's kind of as a reference. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, white Burgundies are great. Uh, there's some very good uh, American Burgundies that are also a little bit. I like them on the lighter side or crisper oh, side. More elegant. So uh, a bit less buttery. That's because I guess we didn't grow up with that. Yeah. Um, uh, I love Pats and Hall Chardonnays, you know, very, uh, very good, and, um, and and Sauvignon. That's also, especially when you mean uh, 
raw oyster, raw garlic. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I do like my oyster, so yeah, so <laughs> that's it. And, and cheese. Of course, if you didn't like cheese, I think you would probably be excommunicated from France. One, one of my, you see, like, the, the one thing, yes. My doctor would tell me it's better for me, but. <laughs> One, w- one thing that you know that's interesting, like when, when we do the, the wine and then that, so there's a classical everything think of, such as you know red wine with the cheese, and you probably know that obviously uh, the tannins are tight, you know, especially with blues and gold, but actually white are, are mm-hmm. uh, the best pairing. So it's it's interesting when you bring that up to to, to someone that because they oh oh really you just it's like people saying uh, sweet wine with a chocolate uh, dessert. It's just for me. It's just it's too too much sugar. They cancel each other absolutely. Yes. So they, so mm-hmm. actually, chocolate red wine pair mm-hmm. very well. So when 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 you uh, when when you make that point with some people, some they, they connect. And one of the best um, uh, thing that we do, and we very often when we do wine testing, we finish with that. We we take a piece of the rye bread or the, or the artisan bread, mm-hmm. and we use depending where I am, either Roquefort or, or Vermont Blue local honey mm-hmm. and, and fortified wine, so it could be sauterne. Sounds intense. That's the best thing ever. <laughs> and well, <coughs> remember we did, Isham is here to, uh, we did a, a farm dinner not long ago uh, for, f- I, be- I believe, 45 people, so we cooked, you know, you name it, it was duck, scallop, you know, a very nice dinner, and we finished with that. Wow. And the, the people recommended you should have started with that and stay there. Is it fortified wine like Madeira? No, no, no. It, it was actually this one was the apple cider. Remember the mm. the ice wine, apple uh, cider ice wine. Mm. So it was fortified wine from um, from Vermont. Oh. But b- they would all do the, the anywhere from sauterne to a muscat, and and then if you, especially if you have that tangy blue cheese, the honey, and then the rye bread and butter, butter, butter. You can and it needs, it needs to be a, a cultured butter, French butter. Mm-hmm. Now you need you need those all those elements. And I can make you try that later on. <laughs> just, they just take one bite, okay. and they just they just layer each other, and they just walk. Wow, sounds very exciting, actually. Yeah, it's very good. And you guys can't see it because clearly it's the wrong medium. But your face has changed when you were talking about it. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> you feel very strongly about it. No, definitely, yeah. So, so that's wine and cheese, wine and food. Got it. The conclusion of this interview can be found in the next podcast, already available for your download. Thanks again for tuning in to the official podcast of Pal Exposure, featuring Alona Thompson.